Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father, none of us are priest. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by these two dudes that just spilt their beer all over each other. Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. I don't know why you gotta make that sound weird. But, uh, <laughs> I'll That's do it. my job. <laughs> and Trey, stinky fingers, Jose. It wasn't a spilling of beer. It was a purposeful attack. He was Ukraine. It's I more was of a Russia. Spray. <laughs> oh God! And I go. went at him hard. Yeah. Um, we are the Fantasy Football Fathers. This is our podcast. If you're new to the show, um, it's a new show. Actually, we just started recording it this year. Um, just pretty pretty bare bones at the moment. No cool like production drops or noises or music or anything like that. But good old old-fashioned facts it's hard to talk seriously when you guys are when i have to look over there but anyways the show is new what's so what's so (laughs) first of all i was laughing at the fact that it's it's been a year but we haven't been doing it just this year 2022 2021 oh yeah wow i don't know we've transitioned yeah but i was spilling beer and that's why he was laughing at me that's why i'm asking this dumb question so, uh, we've all played fantasy football for a long, long time. Uh, I started recording the podcast this year and been having a lot of fun with it. Um, so, we're going to continue doing it. Um, this episode is going to be focused on the top 12 quarterbacks and uh, according to ha- or top 12 quarterbacks. And we're going to look at their consistency, um, if we think they can do it again next year or their outlook for next year. And, um, yeah. I'm sure we'll sprinkle in a few other things along the way. Derek Carr. <laughs> From the Raiders fan there. But um, if you're looking for running backs, receivers, we already did those episodes. So go to our Twitter, at the FF Fathers, and uh, you can find those episodes there or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, what else? Give us a follow on Twitter if you want. That's where we communicate mostly. Um, so yeah. And hit subscribe if you haven't hit subscribe. Yeah, subscribe if you like the content. It's a real dumb thing everyone always says, but it, it helps you out in the end because you just have to hit a button one time and anything we ever do from here on out, you get a notification on it and you get to choose whether you want to listen to it or not and not try to remember who you were listening to, the fantasy football fathers. Correct. <laughs> Thank you, Trey. Um, so let's get into the top 12 quarterbacks. We, uh, have some consistency rankings along the way. Um, basically the way we do this, um, elite finishes this year, either greater than or equal to 26.94 points gives you an elite finish. Uh, a a starting number one quarterback finish is greater than or equal to 22.53 points. And anything below that number is considered subpar. So that's how we do the consistency rankings, and um, let's get right into the list. Starting at the top, the man, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, finished second in consistency. He was elite 41.18% of the time and a number one quarterback seventy, basically 71% of the time. But there's a change at offensive coordinator. Dayball is going to the Giants. As we know, he's the new head coach there in New York. Um, but are you guys worried about Josh Allen next year as far as do you think he can finish in the top three again? Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is the second year in a row finishing QB1. And it's not like they went from the outside to bring in the new OC. They, they promoted Ken Dorsey, who has been the QB coach there for a few years now. They're going to be running pretty much the exact same offense. He's going to be just fine. Yeah, um, I'm curious what you guys think. Like Patrick Mahomes, obviously, biggest name probably in fantasy football for the quarterback position. But do you think Josh Allen creeps up? I mean, do you think Josh Allen's drafted as the first overall quarterback in most redraft leagues next year, or is it still going to be Patrick Mahomes? I think he deserves to be. Just from watching the Chiefs last year, it seems like they kind of settled into what Patrick Mahomes' ceiling is. Um, not ceiling, but what he's going to like be for the next couple of years. And Josh Allen, um, they still have a couple of years to kind of figure out what he's doing. And I like how he's in that uh, category. Of, it's uh, for number one in consistency, right? 70.59%. Yep. It's him, 
Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are all tied for first. That's pretty good company to be in, and he's only in his third year. So I, I like Josh Allen moving forward over Patrick Mahomes, definitely. Yeah, uh, as I said, I mean, he finished number one the last two years. Patrick Mahomes finished fourth both the, the previous two years. Um, and, it, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is still great, but he did seem to regress a little bit this year. He became very much a gunslinger at times when he really didn't need to be, um, whereas Josh Allen, as he moves forward, seems to be going away from the gunslinger role, except for in, like, the times they need a play from him. So, Yeah, the rushing ability separates him, I think. Um He's the only quarterback to eclipse the 400-point mark this year, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, played 17 games. He's an absolute horse. I mean, just, um, you know, you know he's going to be there game in and game out and produce. So, for me, he's he's my top quarterback next year. Uh, number two, finishing number two, the old, the young Justin Herbert of the charges finished seventh in consistency though. Uh, he was elite 47% of the time and, uh, number one finishes was at 59%. Um, so still really good percentages there. Uh, do we see any big change to be honest? I mean, a number two finish a little surprising for Justin Herbert, not, not that he doesn't have the ability, uh, but just, um, you know, guys like Patrick Mahomes and stuff that you're just talking about that kind of had a clunker of a year. <laughs> you know, he still had a great year, but not as good as we expect just because the the, the bar is set so high. Um, it's nice to see Justin Herbert kind of get into that top two. Do you guys think he can do it again next year, though? I was going to say, it's super interesting that Justin Herbert's second, like, with no rushing upside. And Josh Allen has all that rushing upside and only finished, you know, 22 points ahead of him. Just one extra game. And we we still haven't seen Justin Herbert's ceiling. I think that's pretty obvious. So I, I'd be in on him being, you know, top three next year. Just watching, like, games and film on Justin Herbert, like, he is so good. He is so, so good. The ball placement and the ability to make throws that not a lot of other quarterbacks can make in this league is super evident. Like, he carried that offense when when needed. It's two similar guys, right? You know, two tall, strong-armed dudes who were coming out of college. Yeah. Uh, honestly, if it'll be real, Justin Herbert was probably more refined coming out of college. And, you know, now they're trying to – they're finally finding their essence of the game or whatever, and they're, they're going with it. So it's pretty interesting. Like, these tall, strong-armed dudes are just flourishing. Honestly, uh, I think that Justin Herbert has the chance to finish number one next year. Yeah. So the one thing holding him back is a little injury or turnover prone. He had 15 interceptions this year, but everyone knows like quarterbacks, like the elite quarterbacks make leaps going into the third year. And this is what he did. We saw it from Josh Allen this year. Justin Herbert's in line for that next year. And as Trey said, like the up, <laughs> I mean, Josh Allen came in super raw, right? And he made a crazy quick turnaround. Um, it was super impressive. Justin Herbert came in a lot more refined and is still looking like he has room to improve, which is scary. Yeah. For me, it's like Herbert is still somewhat slept on somehow, I feel like. Um, I feel like in the fantasy industry, a lot of people just pay attention to stats and numbers and forget about just looking at like the game itself and how they play football <laughs> like at a really basic level. But just watch the film his IQ is off the charts his vision is off the charts and he has the arm talent to put the ball wherever it needs to be placed um with pinpoint accuracy i mean he is an incredible quarterback and i'm happy i have him in dynasty <laughs> uh moving on to number 3 here tom brady finished third overall he finished first in consistency he was elite 53% of the time and uh, had number one finishes at 71% of the time. He's officially retired. But is he? For this season, yeah. <laughs> There's been rumblings and rumors that, you know, uh, the Buccaneers are definitely trying to get him to come back for another year, but uh, we'll see how that all plays out. 
I was listening to the Pat McAfee show today, and Bruce Arians basically squashed that. But we know how this is the the season, or is it the time of year where coaches are lying all the time? Yeah, well, especially Bruce, like he's not going to give you, he's not going to give the media or the public, you know. Bruce seemed pretty cool, and I'm the public. I was trusting him for a second, but <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Well, we know how that, that's coach talk, I mean, right? I mean, yeah, Bruce Aarons could, would literally look at you in a straight face, say that we walk on water and swim in sand. Yeah. So, <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, if Tom Brady comes Nobody back, told me if for, we can do that. <laughs> if he comes back, though, for whatever reason, you know, you're going to be able to draft him as what? The, I think he was going as like the QB8, or we don't have ADP on here on this list. Way to go, Big Herbie. But um, he was. He was drafted definitely like at the back end of the top ten quarterbacks, and you got an incredible year out of him. Um, so, well, what's ironic is like I think he's ever really been a top ten fantasy quarterback at least for ADP standards, probably ever in his career really. And if he came back from retirement, he'd probably be a top ten ADP quarterback. Because at this point, it's like how 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 long can you just stare away from the sun? Like it's it's way too obvious that like. When you give him the ball and he's slinging it, yards are coming, touchdowns are coming. It's just easy money. That's why he's been such a great late-round steal for years. Yeah. Uh, finishing number four overall, Patrick Mahomes. He finished uh, third in consistency. I believe his ADP was one overall this year. Um, he was elite 47% of the time and a number one quarterback for, uh, 71% of the time. Um, so it's, it feels weird to say it was like a down year. Um, but again, the bar is just set so high for, for Mahomes in this offense. Um, but what about next year? Uh, we saw some, some wrinkles in the offense that weren't great. Um, he was definitely forcing the ball a little bit, um, at the beginning of the season, really throughout the season, holding onto the ball for too long, trying to make something out of nothing all the time. Sometimes it's just not there, and you got to move on. But what do we expect next year from Patrick? I mean, it's pretty safe to say he'll finish top five. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, I think he'll look back at this season and real and be like, "Wow!" Like it's it was obvious on tape the times when he was trying to do way too much. I think he'll see that and realize, like, "Hey, I need to take a step back." And go to back to what he did the the previous two years when he was out there slinging it, and he wasn't trying to do be everything. Like he doesn't have to go out there and be Superman. They have a killer team around him. Go out there and just make the throws you need to make. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how they approach this off season and the draft and what they do um, to kind of continue building around him. I don't think it would hurt to have another consistent weapon in this offense outside of Kelsey and and Tyree Kill. I mean. Can McCall, you listen to yourself? Come on now. Well, McCole Hardman has not panned. I mean, they drafted him, what, in the second round? Might have it, even been it, a first round. I can't it, really It's hard, now. man, to remember me, Colts, draft area. He's been he's been a letdown for sure in terms of what they drafted him to be. So I'm curious how they how they kind of mend that, that third weapon um, – on the offense and, and what they do. Supposed to be Clyde, right? Definitely didn't happen. Clyde didn't ride. At least I wouldn't let him ride. Yeah. Let Clyde ride the ride. Either way, I mean, um he's he's worth uh, you know, drafting as a as a top three QB next year for sure. And there's gonna be a lot of people that take him as the first quarterback overall and you know what? Go for it. There's so many good quarterbacks now that I think you can wait a little bit. And pick up a guy like, I don't know, later in the draft that gives you the same kind of consistency. There'll be plenty of guys. The days of drafting Patrick Mahomes in the first and second round are over. Yeah. Like, everyone was hoping for a sophomore season. That's not going to happen. 50 touchdowns. It's just not likely to happen again. He's a guaranteed, like, top five quarterback, though. So, right. And he'll fall into, like, those first seven rounds or so, maybe, like, the first five, depending on your league. Yeah. For sure. Uh, number five overall, Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl champion, finished sixth in consistency. 
Uh, he was elite 41% of the time and gave you 65% number one finishes. Um, QB1 finishes 65% of the time. Um, there's some question marks, though, um, on this team next year. Obviously, Matthew Stafford will be back, but how how do you think Matthew Stafford falls next year? I mean, does his ADP rise significantly? Um, and if that's the case, do you think he can finish in the top five again next year? Uh, yes and yes. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we have basically the same offense coming back. But you're gonna be able to add in a full season of Cam Akers, who's healthy. Robert Woods will be back. OBJ is the only one that's kind of up up in the air at this point. Um, and another year under Sean McVay and learning the offense means that he probably brings the interceptions down. I mean, he's always been a higher percentage throwing interceptions quarterback, but not like last year. He had 17 picks before his uh, career high. Before that was 13. So that's a big difference. Um. Oh, okay. That was his rookie. Sorry, his rookie year. He had twenty. Like, come on, that's come on. He's a rookie, and he played for. He played in Detroit, and he played in Detroit, and he played in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good asterisk. For sure. <laughs> like, and I'm pretty sure those are d- years in Detroit before Calvin Johnson. Nah, probably not. I think Calvin Johnson was right first. Either way, um, another year under Sean McVay, he's gonna be just fine. Uh, next on the list, finishing at six overall, my guy Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Um, his ADP was fifth overall, so he gave you a, a finish right about where you drafted him. Um, he finished eighth in consistency, though he was elite only thirty-one percent of the time. Um, and he gave you number one QB finishes sixty-two, sixty-three percent of the time. But obviously, there's a lot of question marks here. You guys think he's back with the pack next year? That's a funny thing for you to ask us because I'm sure you are more informed than we are. But from what I know from various sources, the Pat McAfee show mainly, um, <laughs> shout out, is that they shout out. have they not begun contract talks for this next year for a short term contract, which likely means one year? Yeah, so. It's likely that the Packers will place a franchise tag on Devontae Adams and then work to figure out a long-term deal um, moving into the offseason and into into next year. Uh, but if they place the franchise tag on him right now, that gives them some time to figure out contracts. Um, so it's kind of like a placeholder. But either way, obviously Devontae doesn't want to be on a franchise tag. He wants a long-term deal. Um but, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is back with the Packers next year. So Aaron Rodgers has said he would make his decision clear before the March 8th deadline of when franchise tags can start to be given to, out to players. So basically it means we're going to have an answer on what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers within the next week. I do believe he will be back in Green Bay. if he's Unless he out of the blue decides to retire, but I don't see him going to any other team. I think he he's either not playing football or he's in Green Bay. Yeah, me too. Like, where do you go that gives you a better chance of going to the Super Bowl again, you know? Um, that being said, all if all remains the same and he has Devontae and, and relatively the same offense around him, do you think he's worth an ADP of top five again next year? I think you, you have to. He's been too consistent, and he doesn't throw interceptions, which isn't really like a huge killer. But for a running back or for a quarterback that lacks running ability, interceptions can be a killer. Yeah, that's huge. Because you know, if you have running ability, it kind of buffers your interceptions. So, but he's he's still so efficient that I think he's definitely worth top five. For sure. Um. Moving on here, excuse me, uh, to number seven overall, Dak Prescott. Uh, his ADP was sixth overall. He finished seventh. So he didn't kill you, but uh, finished fifth in consistency, elite 50% of the time, and gave you number one quarterback finish 62.5% of the time. 
the Cowboys, man. Like, <laughs> how do we feel about Dak next year? Do you think he can do it again? And when I say do it again, do you think he can finish in the top eight um, next year? I mean, he kind of had one of his best years this year. His highest completion percentage of his career, about 69%, which is pretty damn good. And uh, finished ninth for a quarterback finish, which is the highest he's finished since his rookie year. But that's because of six rushing touchdowns. So that doesn't really count because he's been rushing a lot less as his you know career continues to go on. I, I think he's easily top 10 player. But you have to kind of monitor the situation because I've already set up myself with Zeke and Amari Cooper and all those guys. Um, they're they're trending downhill for me. Very talented offense, and he's gonna produce. But yeah, I think at this point it's worth bringing up. Like Tony Pollard is, you know, almost just as good, if not better, than Zeke at this point. <laughs> like, I, I'm really interested to see how that backfield plays out next year. I think Zeke's still gonna give you, you know, a solid ten points a game or whatever at running back, but. Tony Pollard is a legitimate back, and I can only imagine that they're going to use him uh, more next year. Um, so that's getting off you know, the quarterback position a little bit, but I think it's an interesting topic to talk about because what do you do with Zeke if you're you know, in a dynasty with, with Zeke on your roster or you know, next year in redraft? I... I I'm hesitant to to draft Zeke at all. I'll tell you right now what to do with Zeke. Don't fucking touch him <laughs> with a six-round stick, okay? He drops past a six, you take him. Wow. Yep. Yeah. There's no way that's happening. Yeah. Is uh, it deep? It's very deep. Yeah, come back to this podcast in a year. See how right I am. <laughs> I mean, I I do foresee this being more of a you know, 50-50 backfield. And I don't think I'd want to take Zeke like early. Um, I think if he fell to me in like the third or the fourth round, I'd be very happy with that. Right. Uh, maybe even like late second, but the sixth, god damn. <laughs> like that's crazy. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, if that happens in anybody's league, like you you better jump on that. Like that's crazy if he fell that far. Yeah, I mean I think realistically you have to look at Zeke as a solid R B two option at this point, right? Like you pick up your your stud running back in the first round, and then you look to Zeke if he falls in the second or third round, and and then that's when you have to make your decision. But to me, he's just not an RB one anymore. Um, sadly, but that's that's just kind of where we're at. He did still finish as an RB one though. I mean, he was right. You know, seventh overall in PPR. So like. Tony Pollard had some injuries, though, and I think so did Zeke. You know, a whole off season of reworking this offense. I I just don't think you can de- can deny. Like, watch Tony Pollard on film, man. Like, he's explosive. He's fast. Like, he has to be utilized within this offense more than he is being used right now or last year. I know Irby's looking at the stats right now, comparing Zeke and Pollard. Every Cowboys fan will admit it to you, at least everyone that I know, that Pollard has looked better in the last two seasons. Yeah. It's just it's it's clear as day if you're watching their games that he's he's the better running back. Yeah. At least right now. He might not be the most physically gifted, but this is football. And when it comes to actually doing some football shit, Tony <laughs> Pollard does it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like it, 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 it's that simple. At the end of the day, who's getting the work done? And Tony Pollard gets it done for right. whatever reason. Just like Cooper Cup, come, you know, went into college, you know, completely zero stars. Comes out of the draft. What was he? Second round, third round. Okay, should have been higher, obviously, right? But because of all these deficiencies, the guy's a football player. That's yeah. all that matters. If someone knows how to play football, they're gonna have the advantage. I think the biggest worry for me in that backfield is that it gets so split that neither one of them give you RB1 production. Like that that's a real possibility that you know both of them are assets but neither of them really take control and cuz 
I could see, you know, Pollard making big plays and then Zeke taking a lot of the goal line opportunities, right? And vulturing touchdowns and and so then you're playing the guessing game, like who's it gonna be this game? Um and, and that's when things get a little fishy. Um so interesting. We'll we'll definitely be talking about that more uh throughout the off season and, and all that, but Either way, it's safe to say Zeke is no longer a clear-cut RB1. Yeah, I think it's... That's kind of what we're getting at. It's questionable, for sure. It seems like Irby's still on the fence about it. But I'm talking about, like, clear-cut RB1, like there's no committee involved. Like, those days of him being that guy, that's that's long gone. Yeah, I could get with that. Uh, finishing eighth overall, Joe Burr. Is that how they say it these days? That's how the kids do it? No, I'm pretty sure he's more known as Joe Shiesty. Oh, Joe Shiesty. I thought he liked the Burr more, but whatever. Uh, Joe Burrow finished 11th in consistency. He was elite only 25% of the time. Uh, he gave you number one finishes 56.25% of the time. And, you know, that means he was subpar 40, almost 44% of the time, which is the highest in the top 10. Um. But what do we expect next year? Another offseason for this offense to retool, um, hopefully fix the offensive line. That is clearly the number one priority for this offense. Um, a lot of people talked about it last year. They took the chance and just said, said, hey, Jamar Chase is our guy. We're taking him, not, not a lineman. And it paid off, obviously, uh, getting to the Super Bowl. But we all saw the weaknesses on the offensive line throughout the playoffs. Somehow they grinded it out and still got to where they got. But do you think um, Joe Burrow finishes? Do you think potential? I mean, what's his potential next year? Can he finish top three if they make some improvements to the offensive line? Yes. That's what I was going to say. Top three. Is a little bit further than I was willing to say. I'll be honest. Top five is really what I was thinking, but more or less the same category. I mean, we're talking like a fifteen point difference at that point between top three and top five, as far as quarterbacks go. So yeah, definitely, I, I think the improvement is obvious and it's pretty much inevitable at this point. Like, um, we brought it up in the last couple of podcasts. This guy is undeniable. He's undeniable. I'll say that as the first quarterback I said that about undeniable. Yeah, his ADP was QB thirteen overall, so you're happy with definitely where he finished. A hundred percent. I mean, he's it's gonna be between him, Mahomes, Herbert, and Allen, uh, as like your number one QB next year. It's coming down to those four guys. Almost guaranteed. Um and as we just said with Herbert, like that third year leap that quarterbacks make, this is also Joe Burrow's third year that he's coming into. So that's another year under Zach Taylor. Uh, one more year to you know come off that knee injury that you still hampered him a little bit. Like ACLs do linger. They always say that like even though you're feeling good, you're not fully 100 percent until like over a year later. So now he's you know fully healthy. I know he announced today that he is not going to be taking surgery on the knee that he injured in the Super Bowl. He they said with doctors that he can just rest up and he'll just find that way. So he's gonna be good to go for this season, and I expect big things. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what moves they make or who they draft for that offensive line. We'll definitely be keeping an eye on that throughout the offseason and mentioning it in future shows. Um, but moving on to number nine overall, Jalen Hurts, who uh, had an ADP of QB 12 overall, one place higher than Joe Burrow, which I think is interesting going into the season. But the rushing ability was evident with Jalen Hurts. He finished ninth in consistency. Uh, he was elite 33% of the time and gave you number one QB finishes 60% of the time. But the story all year with Jalen Hurts is, yes, he's a great fantasy quarterback, but how good is he as a real football quarterback, NFL quarterback? Um, the answer is not very good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... He can make a leap still, like he he's still young, he's learning, but who knows? And this is a weird thing to look at. Like Philly's been like there's rumors that they're looking to upgrade and move off of Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the right decision for them. I think they can, you know, they have three first round picks. They have a lot of ways to help this offense out as a whole. 
Um, I don't think you know packaging two of those first round picks for another quarterback is necessarily the way to go. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this team operates throughout the offseason and what moves they make because that'll be really evident to you know showing us how they truly feel about Jalen Hurts as their quarterback. If he's still the QB one though next year going in going into the next season, um, is you know obviously a top ten finish as well within his you know realm of possibilities in the fantasy world, um, but. Do you think they make a move? I hope they don't for fantasy purposes because it's an easy fantasy play. I'm surprised he was only like fourth or fifth on the consistency ratings because his lowest finish was like 20th. And like 14 or 13 out of the 17 games he played on the season, he was top 10 at the at the least. Which is crazy because, you, as you stated, he's not exactly the best quarterback, right? But fantasy-wise, he gets it done. And if he's still there, he he's an easy um, late-round pickup for quarterback, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If there's if there's some hesitancy, um, you know, going into redraft leagues next year, he could be a steal, but I, I think there's definitely people that will reach for him just because of his rushing ability and the crazy – games that he gave you this year for sure I mean he was one of my like sleeper quarterbacks and I was able to get him in our main league and it worked out for me for a lot of games um but if you take into account games that uh they you know if he played a full season so he, cause he didn't miss some games at towards the end of the year and he was hampered the last like half of the season but uh if you go over the court if you didn't miss any games he actually would have finished uh as QB number five so that shows how good he is um, as a fantasy quarterback. Yeah. It, again, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. But um, obviously the, the ability is there for him to be a top fantasy producer um, when given the opportunity. But we'll have to keep an eye on the moves they make and, and go from there. Um, finishing at 10 overall, Kyler Murray – a lot of making a lot of headlines right now. <laughs> a lot of question marks. Um, he finished fourth in consistency. He was elite twenty nine percent of the time. He gave you number one quarterback finishes seventy one percent of the time in the games that he played. He only played fourteen this year. Um, but it really fell apart there at the end of the season. Again, again, and the t- like. I was at the uh the last game um Seattle versus um Arizona in Arizona and it was kind of weird, you know, when you watch a game live, you can kind of get a grasp for like the energy on a team and like their bench and how they're all how they all look and it just the whole team overall like had no energy. It was like they were just there because they had to be. Like they didn't look excited, including Kyler Murray. Um, so I, I it's it, there's a lot of question marks in the air right now with this team, and obviously the quarterback. Uh, Kyler wants to get paid, right? Rightfully so, right? He's played well uh, to an extent, but how do you guys feel this this whole thing plays out? Do they pay him? Do they? I mean, they kind of have to. Like, what else are they gonna do? Obviously, this team wants to compete for Super Bowls. Um, but how do we feel about Kyler Murray? I know he was a guy that people were reaching for um, early in drafts this year, <laughs> Trey. <laughs> so, you know, an ADP, he was third overall in ADP. I mean, do you see that again next year, Trey? And are you willing to roll the dice on Kyler again next year? No, I do not see it next year. Not going to roll the dice on him again. Definitely after this whole offseason stunt that they've been pulling with the Cardinals, it um kind of makes me give up all hope in the future of Kyler Murray unless he finds a new team. Because if he stays with the Cardinals, he kind of already ruined that relationship, if that makes sense. It, he showed his bad side, and he's already like been on the sidelines showing all that negative energy and negative body language. Really disappointing because before the year started, he looked like he was very promising, and that's why I drafted him so high. 
Yeah, and, and well, and it paid off at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah, for like was, six weeks, he was making some incredible plays. I mean, he was on fire. Um, then the injury happened again, and we saw him kind of fall off, which is the same thing that happened in 2020. So, for me, I, I feel like his ADP falls for sure. I mean, we'll have to see what happens throughout the off season. Uh, but for me, like. I still feel like his ADP will some will be somewhere within like the top eight next year, and that that makes me a little hesitant. Yeah, I mean, with him, the biggest worry with him is always going to be injuries. Um, I don't care where like the team lists him as because like uh, he's officially listed as five ten two oh seven, right? Small for a quarterback. Yes. The other guy who's like he's compared to a lot is Russell Wilson, who's also small for a quarterback. Russell Wilson's listed at 5'11", 215. Kyler Murray is like seems to be dwarfed a bit by Russell Wilson himself. Yeah. So I mean, how big actually is Kyler Murray? Yeah, that's and, you mean, know, we've seen that a lot of times. The I mean, he's probably more like a buck ninety. The questionable, you know, height and weight list. Our high school coaches did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd always it's list just, us it's bigger just the than way, what you are. Yeah. It's just the way that they that they do things. They want to make you seem bigger because if you're small, then they think you're you know right. a puss. Right. Yeah. So this is obviously one of the biggest question marks in the top ten this this year, and we'll have to see how it plays out. If he's still with the Arizona Cardinals next year or not, that's all. Oh, he's gonna still be in Arizona. Like everything that's happening recently is it's weird and it's ill timed. Um, I understand like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes just both got major contracts after their third seasons. Um, but their contracts came like after July. Why are you doing this in February when the free agency hasn't started franchise tags? I've done. They're still preparing for the draft. The timing of this all seems weird. And there's this weird correlation of him and uh head coach, uh, Cliff, Cliff, Kingsbury. yeah, Cliff Hebert. They have the same, they have the same agent. And they're both looking for new deals. There's some weird stuff going on down in the desert. I don't know what it is, but I can almost guarantee you Murray's going to be playing for Arizona next year. Yeah. Uh, moving on to number 11 overall. overall. Um, it's, you know, you like that himself. <laughs> Kirk Cousins finished 12th in consistency. Uh, hold on. I'm curious what his ADP was. 18. He was drafted as the quarterback 18 overall. That's behind people like Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield. Um, and again, he kind of proved his worth. <laughs> like another late round quarterback that, you know, gave you a solid season, like a solid season for where you got him. Uh, finished 12th in consistency. He was elite 25% of the time. He gave you number one QB finishes 50% of the time. Uh, and there's a new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, who was the offensive coordinator for the Rams uh, last couple of years within the Sean McVay coaching tree. So how do we feel about Kirk Cousins next year? I feel like his ADP will probably be relatively the same, maybe like 15, 14. Um, and you can steal him again next year at the back end of drafts and get a uh, quarterback that gives you number one finishes for half the season. Yeah, Kirk will finish, uh, or he'll be drafted where he should be drafted, you know, kind of around, you know, between 10 and 12, kind of what we're saying. And I, I think he's the perfect quarterback for a team where you, um, where you're confident in the rest of your roster, your your two running backs, your two wide receivers, and your tight end. If you think you got a really good team like that, you can wait for someone like Kirk Cousins, and that's what'll get you a championship yeah. because you'll get someone who's like borderline RB or quarterback one the entire time, with some decent finishes. He's not gonna like blow your mind, but he'll keep you up there. And as long as the rest of your team's producing, you can sacrifice that earlier round pick and wait for him. Like, um, uh, just from a quick memory, maybe like, you know, the 10th round, even later, like Kirk Cousins is, he's been available around then as far as, yeah. as far back as I can remember. Yeah. Um, last year he was picked in the 15th round on average. So, I mean, he's always available at the end of the draft. Um, 
and I know he's getting a new head coach that runs the McVay offense, but he's still going to finish between 10 and 12 as a quarterback. And the reason for it is because the McVay offense, the McVay coaching tree, comes as a stem off the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree. Who was his coaches when he's in Washington? Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Kevin O'Connell. He's going to be the exact same guy we know. He's going to be comfortable in the, probably even more comfortable in the offense because he's run it before. But his ability is his ability, which means he's guess he's going to be just that borderline QB one. And like Trey said, I think that's a great point. That if you have a solid team that you are really you're really confident, you can wait for a quarterback and plug Kirk Cousins in week in week out, and he's not going to win you any games necessarily, but he's not going to lose you any games either. Right, average nineteen point two one points per game uh, last year, and yeah, like you guys are saying, if if you have uh, a roster with some elite guys at other positions, you should do just fine with Kirk Cousins at your at your quarterback position, and maybe you pick up a steal later in the draft too that you can sub in and out for Kirk Cousins if they have some potential. But yeah, you know it's been year after year Kirk Cousins sneaking into the top 12 and uh, he did it again last year and you know likely like you said Tyler um, could happen again next year uh, with the familiarity that Kevin O'Connell is going to bring to that offense Uh, moving on to number 12 overall Ryan Tannehill finished 12th which is surprising um because he finished 27th in consistency. Uh, he was elite only 17% of the time, and he gave you number one QB finishes only 23.5% of the time. Uh, so that means he was subpar about 76% of the time, which is tied with Mac Jones for the worst in the top 20. Not good, because <laughs> I know a lot of people – including myself, um, thought Ryan Tannehill could have a sleeper year. And look, he still finished as a QB1 overall, but he definitely lost you some games. Um, and, you know, he showed some of the ability to rush and, and he scored some rushing touchdowns, but it wasn't as prevalent as I thought it would be. And the offensive passing game was not what we all imagined throughout the season. A lot of injuries to Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. Um, and that hampered them quite a bit. Do we think Ryan Tannehill can get back into the top 12 next year? No. <laughs> uh, blatantly no. And this is super simple. Um, you have guys that are right, that are within 30 points of him, that like Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson, that both missed three or four games, where Tannehill played the whole season. As Unless injuries happen again, something weird happens like that, there's no chance Tannehill finishes top twelve. He'll be probably somewhere between like fifteen and seventeen. Yeah, that completely makes sense because I mean, if you're looking at the fantasy like points per game, there's a huge drop off just from Kirk Cousins at nineteen point two, which is pretty damn low to be in the top twelve, and it drops off to sixteen point six for Ryan Tannehill. Pretty decent drop off for one yeah. placement. So, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, he's pretty much just there because of consistency and being on the field. I mean, he uh, he had a top 10 finish three times this year. Definitely not the guy that you, I mean, he's like the bargain Kirk Cousins, which is not really that great <laughs> to say. It, it, it's a somewhat safe quarterback who is probably not going to lose you games, but he might. Kirk Cousins isn't going to lose you a game. He's pretty much proven that with his track record. Ryan Tannehill might lose you a game, but for the most part, he's a kind of safe play. So, you know, Kirk Cousins 100% safe. Ryan Tannehill, like, 70% safe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Tannehill was overdrafted. Anyways, he had a really good season in 2020. Like, by far his best season of his career. And it made it so he was being drafted in the eighth round. Um, I mean, he went 33 touchdowns and only seven picks in 2020, which is not even close what his career average is. And he you know, reverted back to what we're used to seeing, 21 touchdowns and 14 picks last year. So I expect to see more of that. Um, and clearly the Derrick Henry injury, injury hurt him a lot. Um, all of a sudden it became more on him. And he's just not that guy. He's a game manager. So when you have an elite running back back there, cool. He's going to you know, be, cons- he'll be actually much more consistent and probably finish 
you know, maybe 14th or 15th, but like he's never going to be that guy that's going to win you anything. Yeah. Um, are there any other quarterbacks that didn't make the top 12 that you believe can make it next year? One guy I think worthy of bringing up in discussion before we get there, Trey. <laughs> Hold your horses. Uh, I think one guy I wanted to bring up was Russell Wilson. He was drafted as the QB7 overall uh, in ADP going into this year or going into 2021. What do you think happens, uh, assuming he's back in Seattle next year uh, for Russell Wilson? Can he can he do it and finish in the top 12 next year? Trey's going to lean that one over to me, the Seahawks fan here. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been capable his entire career. Uh, injury really hurt him. I mean, he only missed three games, but it was very obvious that he came back from the finger injury way too soon. He couldn't grip the ball. And Russell's always been known as a very accurate quarterback. And when he's sailing balls six feet over the heads of his receivers on just like five-yard out routes, you know there's something wrong. So he'll be back, and as long as he doesn't get hurt again, he should be fine. This is the only injury he's ever had in his career. They made him miss games anyways. So I would full-on expect Russell Wilson to be back in the top 12. Yeah, I can get with that. I mean, Russell, you know, basically like you said, his injury came and it took him a long time to get back, but he finished the season somewhat strong. I am not fully invested in Russell Wilson right now just because it seems like um, even before the injury, it was somewhat inconsistent and looked a little iffy to me. But I'll, I'll be honest, I just have to see Russell Wilson on the field again before I really want to get after him because I, I just I just need some more film out of him. Another guy I think worth bringing up, Lamar Jackson, was drafted as the QB4 overall in ADP, and he finished uh, not there. Where did he finish? 15th. Yeah, 14 overall. Um, do we think Lamar Jackson's worthy of another top five ADP in redraft next year? He has to be because he averaged 21.1 points per game, which puts him in that exact range. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, with it's the same thing with uh, Russell or Lamar Jackson. They both got hurt. And so that's the only, only reason that they're that far down the list. If you look at their averages in the, for the games they did play, they'd be much higher on the list. It is what it is. Injuries happen. It's the NFL. So as long as they play a full season, there's no reason to think that they're not going to pick back up where they left off, you know, prior to the injuries. Anyone else we want to bring up? You know, I want to bring up Derek Carr. <laughs> and I was just double checking here, but I'm like relatively positive that Derek Carr is top 10 in passes of 50 plus yards, 40 plus yards, 30 plus yards, 20 plus yards. So all this talk about him doing the short throws, blah, 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 it doesn't exist. He was having a great year before Gruden ended up not being the coach and losing Henry Ruggs. Uh, once that happened, it dropped him down into like being like a 20th ranked quarterback. I mean, once he has a decent, solid surrounding around him and another deep threat wide receiver, Derek Carr is easily a top 12 quarterback. So question, you're in a redraft draft next year and you have a pretty solid roster and you're looking for a quarterback you punted quarterback you're waiting back into the draft uh you have to choose between Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr next year in round 14 15 who are you choosing I'll just say this before Irvy jumps on I'll take Derek Carr because with Kirk Cousins you know what you're going to get and with Derek Carr, you know what you're going to get for the most part where his floor is, but there's still a ceiling with a new coach and uh, possible new surroundings. Kirk Cousins, you know what he's going to have. He's, his two receivers, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, I believe Conklin's coming back. You know, pretty much the entire offense is returning. Derek Carr is going to have a new offense next year, more or less, with a new head coach. And we already know what his floor is with a new coach every fucking year. So... With a new established coach, hopefully with Josh McDaniels, 
I think this is the best opportunity for Derek Carter to really prove to the NFL what he's capable of, especially fantasy-wise. It's Derek Carr, not not a question. Derek Carr's a top-ten quarterback next year. Wow. I full-heartedly believe that. I think the Josh McDaniels hire is brilliant for this offense. I understand that Josh McDaniels had his issues as a you know a young head coach. He's been you know mentored by the greatest coach of all time for the, what like seven years now something like that. He's been in New England up there forever. He's he knows what he's doing now. He still is a as an offensive genius, and but now he knows how to control the team. This is going to be huge for Oakland. I expect big things from the Oakland offense. Las Vegas. <laughs> Shit, my bad, Las Vegas. <laughs> still on, still doing that. Uh, alrighty, well that'll do it for our top twelve quarterback review. Um, once again, if you haven't already, subscribe. If you like the content, if you enjoy our whatever show, <laughs> um, and follow us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. If you haven't already, uh, we'd love to engage and and talk within the communities. So. Uh, appreciate all the following and support that we've had so far this year. We hope to only get better and improve the show for you guys throughout this off season. We're going to be having some episodes on the coaching changes. We're going to be getting into rookies and dynasty. Um, once we get a little closer to the NFL draft. Um, so keep an eye out for all that content. Uh, we'll keep it going and yeah, appreciate you listening. Shout out. Oh yeah, shout out time. A little Twitter shout out to uh Muppets Dropping Mitts on Twitter. What I believe guy. it's M Dropping Mitts. That is at M Dropping Mitts on Twitter. That's uh, our Twitter follower that we uh greatly appreciate him for giving us a shout out on Twitter. So we're giving him a shout out on the cast. Yeah, we appreciate the love, no doubt about it, and hope you continue to listen and give us feedback, good or bad. We're, we're happy for any feedback um, so that we can improve. Oh, that reminds me. If you're on Spotify and you feel the need to um, rate and what is it, comment or something like that, either way, you can rate and comment our show. Let other people know what you think of us. If you think we're pretty decent, give us a five-star. Let other people find us. And uh, if you think we suck, then just tell your buddies that play fantasy football. Because then uh, if you think we suck, then I guess we'll apparently misguide them. <laughs> for you <laughs> so either way you got something to do it's a for win-win us. appreciate all you guys uh and gals take it easy <laughs>